This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Indeed, power belongs to God. There is nothing too hard for our God is the impossibility specialist. You know, there's this song by Minister Messichino that says he's the extraordinary strategist. He says he's seated in heaven. He makes the earth his footstool. He's the incredible God. Is he incredible? Has he been incredible in your life? Can you just lift those hands toward heaven this morning and say, Father, I thank you. Thank you for being incredible in my life. Lord, I worship you. I give you praise and glory. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Power truly belongs to you and you alone. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can we pray this morning? Father, we thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your spirit that is ministering and touching us as individuals and collectively. Lord, we trust you because you are the impossibility specialist. Do the things that only you can do this morning. Lord, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' great name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. About Nine, ten years ago, thereabout, not very exact with the date, Pastor Shola preached a message titled The Extraordinary Strategist. I don't know how many of us remember, but I'm sure if you go into the archives of our messages on um, Podbean, you'll be able to find the message. So this morning, I am borrowing that title, and I want to share with us on what well, I've titled The Extraordinary Strategist. I sincerely want to thank Pastor Shala and Pastor Abigail for the opportunity to minister God's word to you. You may be seated this morning as you open your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 to 3, verses 11 to 12 and verses 20 to 25. So I'm going to read. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verses 20. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven 
And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verses 23, or 24 rather. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Verse 25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after his kind, and everything that creeped upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now you see, on Wednesday, I had the privilege of sharing God's word with us. Spoke about walking in the supernatural. And one of the things I said on Wednesday was that there is such a law called the law of sustenance. That law states that whatever produces a thing is what will sustain that thing. Meaning that for something to actively live and function effectively and properly, that thing has to be connected to its source. So, in the portions of the Bible we just read, we find that when God, and you know, there are debates whether this is the recreation or the creation story. I believe this was more around recreation because between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, some things happened which the Bible documents, right? And in this recreation story, the Bible tells us that when God wanted to create the fish, very explicitly, the Bible tells us that God spoke to the waters and said the waters should bring forth the fish. And if you take fish, whale, or any of the aquatic animals, take them out of water, they will die. Why? You've disconnected them from their source. When God wanted to create the plants, the Bible says he spoke to the earth, and the earth brought forth the plants. And so if you take a tree or a plant out of the ground, what would happen? It would die. Why? You've disconnected it from its source, right? Same thing with animals. Now, it is extremely important that when we come into the kingdom of God, we understand our point of entry, right? In the book of John chapter 3, John chapter 3, if you go with me there, John chapter 3, the Bible says from the very first verse, telling us about a man by the name Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee. John chapter 3, okay, he says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Nicodemus was emphasizing on the doing. He says, wow, we've seen the wonderful things you've done. He says, no man can do these things except God be with that man. Now listen to Jesus' response. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was talking about doing. Jesus said, well, don't focus on the doing, focus on the being. If you be, you will do. 
So he says, except a man be born again. This is the very first place in the Bible, entire Bible, regardless of the version you're using, that you find the word born again. So these words were manufactured and used by Jesus Christ himself. So they are not man-made words. Praise the Lord. Now he says, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then verse 4, Nicodemus looks at Jesus and said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Jesus said, explaining what it means to be born again. He says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Verse 8, he says, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Ah, this verse is very powerful. Yeah, but let me stick to what we're sharing. Now, verses 5. Jesus, explaining what it means to be born again, says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. What was Jesus talking about? Jesus was saying that the born-again experience is a product of being born of water and of the Spirit. Now, you might not really understand what Jesus meant when he said water and spirit there until you let the Bible explain the Bible, right? So in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, Jesus was talking about the church and himself and was likening it to the relationship between a husband and a wife. And in verse 26, Jesus said, Ephesians 5, 26, Jesus said that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that means another way that we describe the word is to use the word water because of the effect of what the word does in the life of a person so when jesus said except a man be born of water and of the spirit he was saying except a man be born of the word and of the spirit meaning these are two very important raw materials if you permit me to use those words that produce the new man the word and the spirit remember the law again it is whatever produces a thing that sustains it so it means that we were born of the word and of the spirit now you little wonder why in the book of first peter chapter 1 verse 23 first peter 1 23 you know the bible says very explicitly it says being born again not of corruptible seed but by incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Saying that we were born of the word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And for James chapter 1, verse 18, he says, Of his own will begat he us by the word of truth. Meaning that the word of God was the raw material God used in producing the new creature. And if it is so, it means that for the new creature to function effectively, he or she has to be connected with the word. So the word is not an option. 
the word is a necessity you know the bible says in the book of first peter 2 2 he says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby meaning that you cannot grow spiritually until you pay attention to god's word god's word is food to the spirit man of the new creature as you feed on god's word you grow and the word of god helps you to function in this kingdom of ours you see sometimes i've heard people talk about i'm struggling to pray you know i'm even struggling to 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 preach i'm struggling and you see a lot of times it's because that person is not connected vitally to the word of god because there is a boldness that the word of god infuses in you praise the lord the word of god exposes us to the culture of our kingdom you know we've been born into a kingdom and every kingdom has a culture and i was taught in i think my year one that there are what they call the elements of culture number one there are the, the beliefs of culture meaning that every kingdom has a belief system it is the word of god that exposes you to the belief system of the kingdom every kingdom has a language there is a way we talk in our kingdom there is a way we dress in our kingdom there is a way we behave in our kingdom there is a way we think in our kingdom every kingdom has a value system there are things we value in our kingdom every kingdom has a technology <laughs> ah, our kingdom has a technology on wednesday i spoke to us about one of it supernatural speed is a technology of our kingdom amen praise the lord so every system has a culture. The word of God exposes you to that culture. The word of God shapes our thinking. The word of God shapes our mindsets. The word of God shapes our motives. You know the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3. It says a person can feed, give all that he has to feed the poor. The, a person can you know give his life for another person he says but if that person act not love how possible is it for somebody to give all that he had to the poor to open an NGO and run a charity meanwhile the person is not doing it out of love the motives are wrong I mean some of us you know NGOs that exist but it's a cipher it's a money-making mechanism you know right the person is not doing it out of love so it is the Word of God that corrects our motives we are doing things for the right reasons. We are doing it for the purpose of love. The word of God corrects our thinking. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Verse 2, he says, and be not conformed to this world. Meaning that God's goal is not for us to fit into the world. God's word, God's goal is for us to transform the world. Hallelujah. He says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Sometimes we're asking, how do I know the will of God? You know, how do I know um, whether it is Sister Joan or Sister Mary that God wants me to marry? Hey, the Bible tells us that as you expose yourself to the word of God, the word of God will give you a mindset to make the right decision. Hallelujah. The word of God corrects our mindsets. 
the word of God teaches us how to be effective husbands how not to be that kind of husband that abuses your wife verbally or in any other way the word of God teaches us how to respect our spouses the word of God teaches us how to respect our brothers and sisters you know the Bible tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 it says a version says be careful for nothing another version says be anxious for nothing he says but by everything he says make let your supplication be unto God with thanksgiving right he says and the peace of God verse 7 he says shall garrison mount guard over your heart that means in this kingdom it is the word of God that exposes us to the mindset of not worrying that mindset of being confident that regardless of what is happening everything will be all right you know in the book of first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 he says in everything give thanks it is a mindset of our kingdom people are wondering how are you giving thanks in the midst of this you know maybe just maybe you received a sack letter right in the office and he says the bible says in everything give thanks you say oh lord you know it's because not because of your incompetence or because you did not perform well but some things happen you receive it and you are giving thanks because you understand that all things work together for good because you belong to christ you are called according to his purpose it is the word of god that gives us a mindset like that the word of God exposes us to our rights and privileges in God. Uh, you know, in Colossians chapter 1, <laughs> verse 12 to 13, Paul was speaking and he says, giving thanks to the Father. He says, who had made us me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. In the light, there is an inheritance for the saints. There are privileges and rights we have by virtue of the new birth. The word of God exposes us to it. Praise the Lord. But you see, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 that we read when we were starting, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, he says, and the earth was without form and void. Did God create a world without form and void? Of course, the answer is no. I said that earlier. The Bible explains to us what happened, but that's not the focus of the message today. Some things happened and the earth became without form and void. The Bible then says, and the Spirit of God was hovering upon the face of the deep. Until the Spirit hovered, God never said. Verse 3, and God said, you know, a version says, God said, light will be. And the Bible says, and there was light. You see, the challenge a lot of times have been that people relate with the word without the spirit. I therefore say to you, saints, that regardless of the situation in your life or in the lives of any of your loved ones or anyone or in any country, regardless of if the situation is very chaotic at least it could not have been or it cannot be as chaotic as the earth being without form and void <laughs> when you have the spirit and the word working in partnership a miracle would happen he says and the spirit of god hovered and then god said it is the spirit of god that makes the word of god produce results the spirit of god reveals god's word to us 
And you see, we've tried to function in the word without the person of the Holy Spirit. Saints, it is absolutely impossible to function in this kingdom of ours neglecting the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the first member of the Trinity revealed to us. The Bible says in the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth, the plurality of God. He says, and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is the first member of the Trinity revealed to us in scriptures. The Holy Spirit is the CEO. <laughs> He's the MD of the operations of God on earth today. You see, we sang a hymn earlier. He says, thank you, oh my father, for giving us your son. He says, live in your spirit here till your work on earth is done. It is by the spirit that we are going to fulfill the work of God on earth. We cannot do it in our own energy or by our own strength. The Holy Spirit is necessary in having or experiencing a successful Christian life. You see, many years ago, I was privileged to minister and I mentioned something. I said, the word of God is our light. The spirit of God is our guide. You see, you can walk into this auditorium. For those of you here physically, if the auditorium is dark, you'll be in the auditorium, but you might not know the shortest route to the podium. But you see, if I switch on the light, which is what the word of God does, you would see everything. But if I ask you, what is the shortest route to the front? Well, you might say maybe the first aisle, the second aisle. But you see, the Spirit of God is the one that can hold your hand and guide you to the shortest and through the shortest route to the front. The Spirit of God is our guide. Hallelujah. You see, no wonder in John chapter 16, <laughs> verse 13 and 14, Jesus was speaking, John 16, 13 and 14. Jesus said, I'll be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth. What is the truth that you are looking for? I hope you understand that it does not take time for things to change. It is truth that is necessary for anything to change. You see, a person can be living as a poor person for many years. Things won't change because time is passing. The person can become 40, 80, and the person is still in that same circumstance. What would change that person is the exposure to truth. And the Bible says that the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. He says, for he shall not speak of himself. This was Jesus speaking. He says, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. What do you want to know about your future? He will show you things to come. You know, I have a very popular saying that he that cannot see the ultimate would become a slave to the immediate. It takes the Holy Spirit to see things to come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No wonder Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. He says, I will come to you. How? By his Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our guide. Now, I want to show you something. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 you know last week a dear man of God went home to be with the Lord by the name Dr. Paul Yonggicho some of us might not know him remarkable man of God well at the time he was pastoring the largest church in the whole world until Pastor Adeboye came Isaiah chapter 9 and you know what Dr. Paul Yonggicho said 
he wrote a book and he titled that book the holy spirit my senior partner <laughs> meaning if you read that book what he was saying was everything he's accomplished in his life he said it is by partnering with the holy spirit isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 now christmas is coming and i know that we'll begin to quote this scripture but i want to explain something from this scripture to us king james version says for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace now the way it is captured in the king james version makes us to think that wonderful is one of his name counselor is another name the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace as powerful as that is but i want to show us something in the amplified version can you give me the amplified version of this same verse and this was derived from the original manuscript right the amplified version says for unto us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder his name shall be called wonderful counselor describing the kind of counselor he is meaning it is not wonderful counselor uh -uh. i don't have the time to go into all the theology of that but the amplified captures it more perfectly in me he was saying that his name shall be called wonderful counselor describing the kind of counselor he would be and jesus said when the holy spirit comes he would reveal me right meaning that the holy spirit can be called our wonderful counselor you see the word wonderful there also means if you look at the hebrew greek and all of that greek hebrew rather it says the extraordinary that's also what that word means so you can say he's the extraordinary counselor the extraordinary strategist hallelujah you see in the book of second samuel chapter 5 i mean i read that portion of the bible many years ago and i was amazed second samuel chapter 5 right from verses 17 to about 25 thereabout the bible tells us that david had just been made king and when the philistines heard that he was made king the philistines encamped to attack david and the children of israel now the bible tells us that and david i think verse 19 and the bible says and david went to inquire of the lord saying shall i go up to fight the philistines will you deliver them into my hands and god the lord said yes go up for i will doubtless deliver them into your hands and david went into battle and david defeated the philistines then the philistines went back and regrouped again and said well we're coming the second time but verse 23 the bible tells us verse 23 and david inquired of the lord again david didn't say that well the lord said it the first time so let's still be going because the strategy might have changed he inquired of the lord again and god said eh, this time don't go up don't come from the front this time says but fetch a compass behind them meaning the first time i said attack them from before in front of before in front the second time he said go from behind in joshua chapter 6 ah the Bible tells us about the wall of Jericho. <laughs> the Bible says Jericho was straightly shut. Nobody could go in, nobody could come out. Right? Um, I was doing a quick study on the wall of Jericho. And 
Historians say that the wall of Jericho is about 46 feet high. And I was asking brother already this morning, I said, what if you were to look at this, I mean, the, this, um, the cloud that we have um, above us, how high is that? I said, maybe about 20 feet there about from the ground. So you can imagine what 46 feet high would look like. And the Bible says that when it was time for them to go and fight Jericho, of course, Jericho guys, they had locked the gate. How were they going to get into Jericho? How were they going to deliver, deliver Rahab from Jericho? And how were they going to overcome Jericho? Well, God had a strategy. Even though God had told them he had given them the land. But there was a strategy. There was a way. The Bible says that God says specifically to them. That the way you are going to go and win this battle. Is number one, gather all your armies. Let the ark be in front of them. Then in front of the ark, of course the ark will be carried by priests. In front of the ark, he says, let there be seven priests. Let those seven priests have seven ram horns, not goat horns, ram horns. And let them march. First day, go around the city once. Second day, third day, fourth day. Each of the first six days, go around the city once, not twice, once. He says, the seventh day, go around the city seven times. He says, after you've gone around the city seven times, then blow the trumpet and shout that that is how you win the battle. I'm sure Joshua must have said, ah, like that. Are we not going to fight? He said, that's how we win the battle. Okay. And Joshua was stupid enough <laughs> to do what God said because he understood he was dealing with the extraordinary strategist. He went ahead and he did exactly what God told him to do. And the Bible says, verse 20, John, Joshua chapter 6, that the wall fell down flat. Now you see, uh, you see, um, and pastor has shared this with us, that if the wall fell down, imagine, you know I had said this wall is as high as 46 feet high, right? And if you read the Bible, the wall was so wide that there were people living in the wall six chariots could move side by side on the wall so it was very wide now if that wall fell down flat the people would still be able to go in you're right pastor explained to us that what actually happened that day was that god sank the wall the wall went in because the bible says and the children of god god just went in straight into the city because there was no more hindrance the extraordinary strategist ah in john, john chapter 9 a man came to jesus he says he was born blind and you know what jesus said Jesus said well the way to heal you the strategy today and now is to take mud and make it into <laughs> take mud take clay spit on it make it into a mud and slap your two eyes with it and the bible says he told him go and wash verse 7 the bible says and the man came seeing who, who would have thought that the solution to the blindness of a person was carrying mud and putting it in his eyes? The extraordinary strategist. Are you living your life ignoring the person of the Holy Spirit? You're making a grave mistake. The Spirit of God is the one that helps us to be effective in our office. You see, by walking and functioning with the Spirit of God, you can get downloads from heaven that no human being can tell you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, as I begin to close. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, and Sister Tolu Adeboye of the choir, 
you know, we're talking, was it on Wednesday? And she was explaining to me how the Spirit of God has been leading her in her office to do certain things, you know, and she's getting results. And it's interesting. Her husband, too, I think we're having a conversation, Director Shalade Boye. And, I, you know, I had to tell him that, sir, the truth is that the designs you come up with, have you seen Director Shalade design? Look at what he's wearing this morning. Wherever he is, I, I can't see him, right? If Director Shala should design a clothes for you, you will know that, that, that this came by the Spirit. This is not normal. And so many of us, we have things in our lives that when we do partner with the Holy Spirit to accomplish, we would accomplish with ease. I remember a particular um, assignment in my office. I mean, when that assignment came, everybody was running away. Because if that assignment went wrong, it would be massive litigation. And I stepped forward and I took up the assignment. But you see, I didn't take up the assignment in my own wisdom. <laughs> but you see, what others thought was that I was taking up the assignment based on my consulting experience and all those things we say. I was taking up the assignment because I knew I had a senior partner. I had the Holy Spirit walking. He can guide you into all truth. You see, do you know that, has it ever occurred to you that the Holy Spirit actually knows every single thing about what you are doing and about your life has it ever occurred to you you know <laughs> if you go to a psychologist the psychologist will give you advice based on all that they know in some instances to understand how to solve your problem they begin to ask you questions about your past <laughs> but you see the Holy Spirit comes to you to give you advice based on his accurate knowledge of your past because you think you know you don't know <laughs> accurate knowledge of the past accurate knowledge of the present and accurate knowledge of the future so he comes to you today and gives you advice today and you see that's why <laughs> the bible says that there is a way that cement right to a man he says but the end of it is destruction the way cement right it looks right otherwise the man won't have gone in that way the way looks right but the holy spirit is the one that knows the end of that way so he can come to you today and tell you well it looks right today but it is the wrong decision this was the mistake lot made when he looked abraham said choose lot looked at he said ah very beautiful landscape and he went made his choice Without the Holy Spirit. Ah, Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, rather, chapter two, verses nine. The Bible says, the Bible says, can you just begin to pray under your breath? I perceive God is giving people direction. Verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I had not seen, neither ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That means there are things, there are songs, saints, that the world has not yet heard or received. There are designs, there are proposals that the world has not yet received. Ways to write a proposal. There are mathematical equations that the world has not yet received. Pastor used to say that the best of God is never in the past. There are things, whatever career you find yourself in, there are things about that career that the world has not yet seen or heard. <laughs> Verse 10, 
He says, <laughs> says, but God hath revealed them unto us. How? By his spirits. He says, for the spirit searcheth all things, yet the deep things of God. The spirit of God is the revealer of the deep things of God. Are there things that, I mean, you, 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 you've not yet seen on the face of the earth now, you can download them from the spirit. And you see, that's why praying is not an option. You see, as you pray, what you are doing is that you are fellowshipping with the spirit. As you worship, you see, you are in the bus going home. There is third mainland bridge traffic. Rather than complaining, you just, you know, you, 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 you take a position and you begin to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I worship you. I give you praise. You're saying this under your breath. You see, you begin to download things from heaven. You see, the extraordinary strategies begins to give you strategies that nobody knows. You want to start a business? Ah, the Holy Spirit can teach you the best way to start that business that would amaze the world. This is how to go from thousands to billions. <laughs> this is how. No wonder Paul thought about it. He thought about it, meditated on it, meditated on it. And you know what? In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, <laughs> verse 14, he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, the love of God. He says, and the fellowship of the Spirit. Be with. He says, if this is the best prayer to pray for you, because you have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ at work in your life, you have the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit, you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. God bless Minister Mesichinwo. Extraordinary strategist. Impossibility specialist. Is there a possibility you are trusting God for? This is how it is going to come. This is how it's going to come. On your seats, can you just raise up your hands toward heaven and begin to say, Spirit of God, I repent for not acknowledging you in my life. I repent for not acknowledging you in my life. I make up my mind that I would walk with you. Can you rise up on your feet? Oh, Father, I acknowledge your presence. The Holy Spirit is the most powerful individual on the face of the earth. Stop neglecting him. Start walking with him. It will, he will teach you how to be a good husband. He will teach you. There might be, you see, you might be having health issues. And you know, it might just be one thing. One thing. The Spirit of God can open your eyes to the one thing. Stop eating this. And that might be the solution. The Holy Spirit is the extraordinary strategist. Oh, Father, we thank you. I make up my mind to walk with the Spirit. I make up my mind to partner with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can you say this out loudly? Father, in the name of Jesus, I make up my mind this morning to partner with your Spirit. <laughs> I understand that the Spirit of God is my very present help <laughs> at any time of the day. There are times that you might be faced with a challenge. There is no human being around you. But the Holy Spirit is more than enough. Can you shout hallelujah? Can you celebrate Jesus this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. 
You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.